I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host, Craig, joined today by my co-host, Miss Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. And Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. And then we have such an amazing guest today to talk Muppets. In fact, if I were to put anyone into a Muppet, their um, likeness and their soul into a Muppet, it would be Larry Smith. So Larry, how are you today? I'm much better now. That is like the greatest compliment I have ever been given. <laughs> I, that's like that. That just knocked the my a buddy of mine, Nate, who's also a comic over in Georgia. Um, he told me once that I was the capybara of comedy because I get along with everybody and everyone seems to like me. And uh, that had been the number one compliment I had ever received until today. Oh, that is so kind. That is so kind. Of course, you all know of Larry from the Front Row Network. He hosts a show called Convince Me with Larry Smith. I happen to just be a guest on that show, and it's just so much fun. You know, it's really weird. I started off, I was ready to podcast, and then all of a sudden, I'm feeling comfortable and like Larry's having me lay down on a couch while I podcast so he can give me a therapy session. Uh, It was really nice. It's a great opportunity to get to talk about kind of the background of this show and then also the network in general and just have a really fun time with it. So thanks for letting me on to that. And then people should definitely go and check out your show. Can you tell them a bit more in case they're just listening to us on our feed here? Oh, sure. Um, you know, first, thanks for being on the show. And I would like to work my way through all of the front row hosts, just <laughs> oh, FYI. We all, need, we all need therapy at some point. So. Um, but yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> um, but uh, the show, I, the whole idea is the first part of my show is, is talking to, it's, sometimes it's an old friend, sometimes it's a new friend that I am introducing to other friends that's how that's all i want it to just feel it's just we're all friends getting to know each other um and then the second half of my show the the guest gets to talk about something that they don't like at all that other people seem to be to be crazy for um but i don't like to spend a whole ton of time on that because there's enough negativity in the world so i end on what it is that they love that other people don't seem to um and you know craig's was waiting in line or no no that was uh, yours was uh disney um but the experience of disney sorry i was thinking about bill left because it's very very similar bill left's was it waiting is. In line at at amusement parks and such uh, because him having been a stand-up uh, comic for years and then just somebody that that still is uh, peripherally involved in comedy um, running the you know uh, tune in with me uh, on that channel that the cartoon uh, show that he that he does um, it just still getting inspiration from watching people in, in line um, and everything too we've had people um d- defend limp biscuit which you know what i i get excited when other people get excited so am i a huge limp biscuit fan absolutely not at the end of that show i was like yes i remember yes of course everyone loves them who wouldn't love them and then i walk this is why i'm an easy sell this is why i'm not when we go to buy cars or any appliances nicole um, won't let me go alone um, or at all because I'm like, yeah, this seems awesome. I can attest to this because over the weekend, Nicole sent me a text and said, you must have done a really good job talking Disney because now Larry really is amped to go to Disney. So I must have done my work. Uh, and like I said, we have three people here that would love to help you with that experience. Should you decide oh, yes. to go that route? Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I, it wasn't that I had anything categorically against Disney. I grew up loving Disney and, you know, especially at the time when Robin Williams was doing the voice of, of Jeannie and, and, and such, I, I mean, I, well, what was it? My junior, senior year, 
that Hercules came out and man, I, my friends and I all went and watched that and loved that movie. And, and I, again, categorically have nothing against Disney. I just was like, I don't know if I want to go wait in line, but then talking to Craig about, no, 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 you can wait in line, but it's not that bad. And if you go at these times and, and all, and get, I just got amped and I was like, I, when can we go? Can we go tomorrow? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good job, Craig. We're so Brett, proud of you. Brett yes. probably is going tomorrow. He's had so many trips this last couple of week, weeks and months. That, you know, uh, he well, hey, hey, that sounds like a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look up reservations. That's a good transition point, Larry. Before we get into this movie, we're going to talk about The Muppets celebrating. It's the 2011 release, so it's celebrating 10 years already, which is just incredible. Wow. But I do want to talk to you a bit about uh, your favorite Disney film and then also why it is that you really enjoy The Muppets. Because we asked you, we wanted you to bring something to the table for us to talk about, and you immediately said you're super into the Muppets. So give me that uh, first Muppets. And then we're going to end with your favorite Disney film before we move into the discussion of the Muppets. Well, when I was, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm right in the generation where Sesame street helped raise me. And, um, you know, gosh, I, my, my parents both worked. I had older sisters who were just like, leave me alone, watch Sesame street. And so I, I just loved the I love the characters I love the the Muppeteering I love the voice acting um, and so I got super into that then and then the Muppet Show was I can't remember how in the timeline that falls but I was able I think to see a lot of it in syndication um, and I, I talk a lot about my grandma Shaw I spent a lot of time with her. And anytime the Muppet show was on, she and I watched it together and she, she loved the Muppet show um, because it was movie stars that she was familiar with and plus the Muppets, but the the jokes were geared towards adults, Mm -hmm. but there was still enough in it for kids. And, and so she and I really connected on, on, the we connected on the Muppets and they've always been this perfect balance of adult humor, but whimsy and, and niceness. Mm -hmm. It's just positivity. You know, granted there's the, the whole debate over the potentially toxic relationship between Piggy and Kermit, but Hey, Kermit's a grown frog if he's happy in that relationship, who, who are we to say no, exactly. thank you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, as I grew up and went back and rewatched the Muppets, I was catching more jokes and realizing that as, as comedy writers, they were brilliant. Because there's a lot like on the rewatch of of the the Muppets this movie, I man uh, it, catching jokes that I didn't even catch ten years ago that I was just like this is hilarious. I mean, and it doesn't get enough credit. And you go back and watch the show and the subtle nods to to adult themes. But that was the other part is the Muppets started on on SNL and on late night shows specifically as adult entertainment. Um, and, and so you go back and, and I, I, the older I got, the more I was just like, man, this is, these people are brilliant. Jim Henson is, is, it should be in the pantheon of wholesomeness, Mm -hmm. um, right next to Bob Ross and Steve Irwin and, and, and Captain America. They should all be in the, in the pantheon of wholesomeness. And I, for a long time, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a Muppeteer. Um, but, you know, at that time, I had no idea how to get into that. So instead, let's just do acting and sketch comedy and, and write stand-up. Um, so if anyone wants to, I would be a Muppeteer. Yeah, so yeah. You I know, would and give it all really, up. 
<laughs> it's one of those properties that we haven't explored as much on the show. We certainly have, we had an interview with John Kennedy uh, back on episode 90 and he started with dinosaurs and went all the way through the series. He also got to work very briefly in Hollywood studios and MGM studios at the time with Jim Henson. Uh, and then also has been kind of frequently on the Muppets throughout. So that's a great interview that we had with him, but something that we definitely should explore more. And I know I asked you what your favorite Disney film was, but I think maybe Maybe before we do that, because I know it's going to come up at some point in this podcast that uh, this is not necessarily the film that Brett was hoping we would review today. Uh, but I want to see what my other co-hosts, what their favorite Muppet property or Muppet movie is. And I'll go to Brett first. I'll go to oh. Vanessa first, because Vanessa's okay. like, Vanessa's very eagerly raising her <laughs> hand. So cutting off, completely getting Brett out of the way. Got to go to Vanessa. What is your favorite Muppet property? Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Jim Treasure Island. Island. Jim Curry. The songs are so good. I literally sing that soundtrack throughout the year. And it's been how many years now? Don't tell me. Because when you said 10 years on this movie, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> but that Muppet Treasure Island is so good. And I don't think we've... Have you seen it, Craig? You said you had not seen it, right? Oh, well. We well, have to fix that. Because well, it is we're gonna so have to... good. But mm-hmm. go ahead, Brett. I know you have okay. some strong opinions well, about Muppet you know. Um, let's see. I'd say my favorite is the great Muppet caper. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, um, I, cause there's lots of Janice in it. Janice is heavily featured, which I love. And there's just, I mean, very quotable. I quote that, you know, not all the time, but there are anytime I'm looking through my underwear door, I'm going underwear, 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 anyway, <laughs> Miss Piggy. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway um but yeah i'd say i'd say that one but you know i think it's time well if i haven't seen well i hadn't seen um a muppet christmas carol until this past year and we all watched it together you know i enjoyed that we have to see a muppet treasure island and please you know please watch you know great muppet caper you know for me too please please Absolutely. I certainly will. I love the properties. I I say growing up that Muppets Take Manhattan was definitely my film that I watched more than anything else. Of course, I saw the Muppet movie as well. Um, But then it's hard for me to pick a favorite between, honestly, between this film we're talking about today, because I absolutely love the Muppets uh, from 2011. I just do. And then, uh, but the perennial favorite that I have is a Muppet Christmas Carol. And almost to the point where it's like, that is in that pantheon of holiday movies that I have to go back to and watch every single year. So does it really even it like kind of ascends being a Muppet movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it really it to me is like, that is one of my Christmas movies. So I guess I would say with all that in mind that this movie, which we're talking about today is actually probably my favorite of a single Muppet property that isn't tied to like, I need to watch this every December, but, but Larry, What's your favorite Muppet movie? Uh, I'm, I'm starting to get these favorite movies confused for you. I still will come back and ask you your favorite Disney film, but but go ahead. What's your favorite Muppet movie? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, that is so difficult, uh, honestly, and it shouldn't be. I'm a grown man. I should be able to like, this is my favorite Muppet movie. But every Muppet movie had, I mean, like the, the very first one, the, you know, the, my god with the the guest stars that were in that movie um who played it all very straight against these muppets um it i, I but i was very little when i saw that and so that kind of that kind of sticks with me but like i love muppets take manhattan because i was the perfect age to be introduced to the muppet babies which is what we got in that movie but i mean the whole that whole story is is fun the great muppet caper charles groden is genius i mean for pete's sake charles groden who is the master of deadpan comedy playing opposite of miss piggy completely dry and not playing it up with no wink to the audience but i man I mean, I love, I love Muppet Christmas Carol. It is, I am, I am right there every year. Every year I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine is a genius. Um, yeah. And, and it's so good. I do love Muppet Treasure Island, but I think probably 
rewatches, if that counts as what my favorite is, it's got to be A Christmas Carol. Okay. All right. Now uh, we are going to jump into talking about the 2011 Muppets, but before we do, I promise the audience they've been waiting on bated breath. They want to know what's your favorite Disney movie. I think it's Hercules. Okay. Well, bless my soul. (laughs) Jump in, anyone. Um, yeah, I I mean, come on, you put Danny DeVito in a Disney movie, (laughs) and and you know, before he lost his mind, uh, uh, was it Woods, um, James Woods, James Woods, as yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, before he lost his his marbles, um, we'll just leave it there and. I, I it's just it's fun the 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 song gospel truth is a banger song i mean mm-hmm. i just and I, I don't know i think they did a great job of taking um the core material and i know disney the it's usually a negative connotation was disneyfied but i think i mean obviously you can't do the story of hercules exactly for a kid's movie it's a little too gruesome but the the subtle nods in there like the fact that the lion skin that he's wearing is scar yeah Mm. i mean there's just all these fun little things and again devito danny devito's fantastic yeah Um, it's just a it's it's such a great film and uh it's one that actually i I mentioned it a lot on the podcast and when we talked to susan egan and then also um back before uh, just in different times bringing it up brett really brought me to hercules back to hercules because i had seen it before but his passion for that movie is just something else but we are here to talk today about jason siegel's the muppets from 2011 and uh as they say life's a happy song when there's someone by your side to sing along so we're going to go on and talk about this larry uh, i want to hear your first impressions or your thoughts on the film uh just from the outset did you really did you see this film when it first was released uh did you enjoy it right away did it become one that was going to stick around for you what are your thoughts on it um i did see it when it was first released because like i said i I love muppets and so it was it was an opportunity to 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 jump back into the the, the land of the Muppets. I love Jason Siegel. Um, I think that he he is. I think he's a little underrated as as an actor, um, but I also was excited because here's this this giant dude who wanted to do a Muppet movie. And was at kind of, and I mean, not that he's still not a popular actor and could do whatever he wants, but at the time, How I Met Your Mother was huge. He was making, you know, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I Love You Man and, I mean, these other huge movies. And he was like, I'm going to do a Muppet movie. And he, this movie, my first impression was the same it was last night. I have rarely, and it's, uh, look, I'm secure enough. I'm I'm sitting in a in a mermaid unicorn sh- pink shirt right now. I'm secure in my manhood. So when I say this, there's very few movies on the planet like The Muppets that I can cry and smile through the entire time. This movie is wholesome, it is hopeful, it is fun, it is funny because again, the the comedy the writing is so smart um uh, cooper that plays the bad guy that plays tex rich man which god what a great bad guy name he is um perfectly slimy and evil um it, it, the whole the whole thing the music is fun and but it's not even even the you know the opening song that song could seem saccharine, but it's done so uh, non-tongue in cheek. It's done. I mean, Jason Siegel is obviously meaning every word he's saying because he's in a Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see. I mean, Kermit. For Pete's sake, Kermit was a was a hero of mine, and Kermit even Kermit has crises of faith. 
and then comes back from it. I mean, that's inspiring. It's a, it's a beautiful moment. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those, I think there's a couple moments where things don't work, but that's true of any movie, but mm-hmm. overall it's a, it's a perfect movie for me. And we'll definitely get into those moments that we think uh, could have been reworked a little bit. But I I have to say that, you know, your thoughts on Jason Siegel in particular, here's a guy who was really owning that latter half of the 2000s into the 2010s and could have taken on really any project that he wanted to. And he has a serious love for this. And you can tell that in the care that goes into this written script. You talk about Easter eggs. This is chock full of Easter eggs throughout uh, for those Muppets fans and people, things that you would need to really be a deep cuts Muppets person to be able to understand and to get. And uh, even the idea of bringing back the original set from the Muppet show and just all of these ways to weave in this story with uh, another person coming in, joining the Muppets as well. It's just everything about it is is just wonderful for me. Do you have any uh, quick thoughts here, Brett, on your first take on the Muppet movie on this, the Muppets? Coming to the film, I was hopeful, but I had anxiety because I wanted this film to be everything that the original Muppet movies were, you know, that's a pretty high standard for me. And, you know, so I had hopeful anxiety. So, and, and again, watching it this time, you know, now that it's 10 years gulp later, um, you know, I, it, it did, um, it, it did put another sort of um, spin or view on this, uh, what was uh, basically a relaunch of the Muppets. And so that was a hopeful sort of thing, but we'll get to more of that probably as this, Story continues. <laughs> we sure will. Vanessa, your thoughts coming to this film? I remember when it was released because like Larry, I was, I'm was i a big Muppets fan and I was so excited. The Muppets were coming back. So it was really exciting. And I remember going to the theater and I loved it. Now, for some reason, I haven't really watched it that much since 10 years ago. Again, heart attack. Uh, it hurts. But I, I, that could have just been because I realized Jason Siegel and I were never going to get together. You know, he had that little puppets thing and forgetting Sarah Marshall and then the Muppets. I thought, oh, well, we both love Muppets. Of course, we're going to get together. We're going to be married. And I realized, no, he's too tall. But so that's probably why I didn't watch the Muppets anymore. But watching, I'm so glad Larry suggested it because watching it again, I really love this movie. It's so delightful and it brings back all those kind of goosebump feelings from watching it's the Marpa show, you know, I just, Oh, it gives you tingles. So I really liked it and I'm excited to talk more about it. For sure. And you know, what we usually do at this point is kind of go through the litany of voice actors and actors that come to this project. But honestly, that list is so long and there's so many cameos in here. I mean, you get uh, Mary Poppins, for heaven's sakes, is in this film for a little bit. You know, so there's other, I don't want to necessarily spend a ton of time. (laughs) My Mary Poppins, hashtag... Emily Blunt, Mary Poppins. Yeah, I had to go, what? Julie Andrews? Oh, oh, no, you're Mary Poppins. Okay, yeah. No, that's okay. Because I love Emily Blunt, too. Oh, yes, big time. Which And it was a great moment when you see her because it is her doing her character from The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, (laughs) right. Which, again, another subtle little, here's something for for the adults. Mm -hmm. The kids will just go, hey, look at this, this silly pretty lady in the red hair. Where the adults go, <laughs> all right, that's, that's fun. All right. And then they make a man out of Muppets and it's so perfect. Uh, but no, I, I don't want to necessarily go through the whole cast or we'd be here. This would be a 12 hour long podcast. So what I want to do is I want each of you to focus on someone you'd like to talk about as a character, or as uh, someone in this cast. And we'll just talk about them for a little bit. And if you, if anybody wants to add on to what they have to say, that's great. We can do that. Or we can just kind of move on from there. And I'll I'll start this because I know that it's unfair for me to throw that at you and then not uh, have somebody to talk about right away. But I kind of want to talk about uh, our Walter in this, you know, I think that Walter is such a fun character for me to be able to introduce the idea of this person who is obviously a Muppet, but doesn't have like kind of feels like an outsider in their own skin, thinks that this is the place where they truly belong. And you get to see sort of like a, a classic 
coming of age type story throughout this. He's the third wheel in the relationship that we see, but I really enjoy the writing of it to add, you know, it's, these characters are somewhat sacrosanct, sacrosanct in uh, a lot of people's minds, and we're adding another Muppet into the mix here. And so I, I really appreciated what they did with bringing Walter into the story. And that was Peter Lenz who played uh, and voiced Walter. I also thought it was extremely well voice cast. Um, I love the song Manor Muppet, which on, which actually went on to win the Oscar for best song that year. So this is the first Muppet property to win an Oscar, which is just so great. Um, and too bad that uh, Jim Henson wasn't given more credit uh, during his lifetime. But I, I just really appreciate how they brought that storyline into this. I think that they provided a nice foil for the perfect relationship um, that Mary and Gary have while providing with a new access point into the Muppets with this brand new character. And I just absolutely love that. So that's my pick. What I'm going to do now is go to Brett and ask, who do you want to talk about in this cast? Who really stuck out to you from a story perspective or just from their acting and what they brought to the role? Hmm. Well, um, I would have like, you know, uh, a, a list of Muppet and a list of actors, but I'm not going to go into all of them, but, you know, I love Amy Adams, you know, big time. So, you know, she, you know, and she can do anything and so you know she's a I'm a big fan but you know as far as of course well I wanted to see I, I'm always wanting more Janice scenes so I was sad that Janice wasn't in it as as much as I would want um, but what I love is Miss Piggy sounds and acts like Miss Piggy you know so thank you Eric Jacobson you know because sometimes you know voice casting I know you I know time moves on and we don't have Jim Henson anymore so we have you know, we have a different Kermit and it takes a while to get used to whatever the new Kermit is and you're, you, cause you always have old Kermit in your head. And, but Miss Piggy, I'm like going there, not a second was dropped with that. And, you know, so I love that, but, you know, but what I loved, you know, is again about Muppets and this is kind of about characters, but it's also about, you know, the look of the film. I love the cinematography and the digital cameras made all of the Muppets look so good. And it was great to see them again and not all grainy, you know, I'm like going, it wasn't like a VHS version. I mean, I just finished watching it again and it was digital and it was, you know, I mean, in 127K and, you know, and I'm just like, everything looked glorious. And I'm like going, why don't we have more Muppets? Because they look so good in digital, you know, domains. So, yeah. So that's kind of it. And other actors, um, yeah, I'll just leave it with, you know, okay. the, the cameos were good and, you know, I loved Amy Adams and yeah. So I'd say you did saying. give us, you did give us three solid answers and then basically you included all the Muppets. So, well, you um, know, you really, you lived up to your um, breaking the rules of going with one one person. I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> <laughs> but no, truly, Amy Adams, I just need to add on to that a little bit because uh, I'm so excited to see Disenchanted because I liked Amy Adams when she was really having fun with roles and where she was really living it up and she could still do the serious acting. She was still in things like Charlie Wilson's War about this time. But I, I feel like is it's probably a choice by her, obviously her, her, but also her agent to say that she is such a premier actress that she really needs to win that Oscar and it's criminal that she hasn't. And so she goes for all these roles that are just so dramatic now. And I just like to see her having fun again. And that's why I'm really excited for Disenchanted because I think it could be uh, funny, silly, zany Amy Adams again. And that just makes me so, so happy. Um, but Vanessa, uh, anybody you wanted to bring up or any, if you wanted to comment on any one of the 55 characters that Brett talked about just now too, you could. Sure. Well, first of all, can we give some props to Amy Adams for her for her dancing? Because she actually moves like a Whoa. dancer. I don't know if she's trained, but she looks like she is when she's moving. And I was just super impressed with her. She's delightful. But a few other cameos that just had me giggling was like Alan Arkin, 
and oh, that scene, he's so dry. I love it. I just love him anyway. Um, Jim Parsons as the man version of Walter. It was so great. That guy can do anything. And then um, uh, my my other cameo was uh, David Grohl as uh, the fake oh my god that was so funny in his face you can tell he's just loving this opportunity to be a cameo in this muppet movie so i i loved it so much um you know like you said brett the muppets are all really great how can you pick one they're kind of a unit they kermit stands alone miss piggy stands alone but you know you, you ha- really have to have all of them so those were my favorites. All right, Larry, you get to bring us home here and talk about anybody else that you'd like to mention in this cast. I will say we did, you and I spent an awful lot of time uh, throwing some love to Jason Siegel, but we haven't talked to him as at, about him as Gary yet. Uh, and then you also did mention Chris Cooper as Tex Richman uh, earlier. So I don't know if either of those two might make your list. Well, I, I <laughs> much like... <sighs> Much like everybody, I've got multiples, but yeah, I was Jason Siegel. His character is so good, and that's it. I mean, he's just a good person. He loves Walter. That's his brother and best friend. He is Gary. Is the he is the the consummate best friend slash big brother. He will do anything for for Walter. Um, he he is forthright he's honest he's kind he's patient he's gentle and you know jason siegel's an enormous guy Mm -hmm. but never once does he come off as this big stupid brute which could easily he could easily do with gary gary could come off as this this big dumb guy but he's not he's a very intelligent individual he's just genuine and genuinely kind and you can't go wrong with him singing man or muppet like that whole scene where it's it's so beautiful there's so much emotion in it right like he's singing about being a muppet and he's like am i a man i mean it's so good it's so good but yeah Yeah. chris cooper had to learn to (laughs) rap very good i I love the soundtrack brett sorry i just can't stop Uh, well yeah brett mckenzie uh, from Flight of the Concords wrote those songs. I and know, and that's and it bugs me because I can't stand Flight of the Concords. I think it's because that's too much of them all the time. But fair enough. This is yeah. a perfect amount of them. Yes, Brett McKenzie. It's the perfect amount of Brett McKenzie. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, but like when you're listening to the to the songs, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, because I hadn't put everything together. Nicole is great about going through and she can watch a movie while looking at the trivia so she's like brett mckenzie wrote this music and then you can start hearing mm-hmm. flight of the concords in that music but yeah the fact that brett mckenzie had to teach uh chris cooper how to rap is to- and chris cooper just did it and chris cooper that is not what he does but he did it and but the kermit I know I'm breaking the rules. It's to Kermit again. The the he I, I don't I don't I'm not Kermit's Kermit. Kermit's a real being, just like the rest of them. There's nobody underneath them manipulating them. They're real. The Muppets are real, and saying that it's humans that are operating them is a hoax, and I don't believe it. I choose to not to. But okay. the 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 script that that was given he is again watching kermit who was always the rock for all the muppets everyone else he was the one they came to when there was problems he was the one that they that solved everything and to see kermit being slightly broken and and having to come back from that and and then relying on walter a lot of times mm-hmm to make because there was so often the work you just saw kermit go okay that's fine and he would walk away and walter would step in to to do it and it, the the manipulation of of the face 
and the voice acting was 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 beautiful absolutely i can't agree with you more and you know i think it's a good time to move into the production design and everything else that we enjoyed about this film um but you know the the thing i got to mention we keep coming back to that is that music and that soundtrack and the way that it's so well done. It propels the show forward so well, even the telethon music. And it's so funny because I'm like looking at this and thinking it was 2011 and I forget you uh, is playing. It's being clucked by chickens. And I'm like, that song didn't come out in 2011 or whatever. It's like, absolutely it did. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just great how quickly 10 years has flown by here, but it, it it's just the every choice that they made was the right choice we built the city on rock and roll when they're building and rebuilding that theater that iconic set from the muppet show um just everything about this music helps feed into the nostalgia of the show that you loved as a kid and you're coming back to and now my son is watching this is one of his favorite films to watch and he absolutely loves the soundtrack in particular and it's just like it just hits every single note that you'd want it to uh, throughout the entire film. And it elevates what this film could be because, you know, I I think it it could be uh, a bit of a tricky waters to chart when you're thinking about a fan coming and writing a script for a particular property, because sometimes the Easter eggs and the nostalgia can become too much. And the fact that this is the Muppets, I think we give it a little bit of uh, leeway there because we know it's going to be zany. We know it's going to be self-deferential uh, and that we're going to enjoy that piece of it. But truly, this movie moves along so well and things are so well placed in it. And I think part of that is that overall tie-in that the music does such a good job to propel you through the story. And I, I can't get enough of this soundtrack. It's just so much fun to listen to. We've been listening to it in the car a bunch as we've gone around. Vanessa, you're shaking your head. Yes, I am. Because I agree with you that the music is really awesome and really great. And, you know, I think that's what I love so much about Muppet movies in general. And I'm so glad Jason Siegel and whoever else decided to do that included the music because it's such an important part again if you watch Muppet Treasure Island that soundtrack is killer it is so good and then this one is too really so um yeah I have to agree with you good songs in this one I'll go to you next uh talk about anything that, that has to do with the production design or the choices that were made throughout this film that helped bring it to something that you really did enjoy Oh gosh. Well, I, I did love that when they're arriving to this Muppets studio, I believe it is, and it's all cobwebs and, and, and dirty. And it's, it does make you be like, make it take, makes you feel like the way you feel when you haven't seen Muppets in several decades, you know, it's, it was, it had been a while. And I think we all as an audience felt the way Walter felt when he's walking through that old abandoned Muppet studio. It's like, where have they been and where are they? So I love that they did that. And then when they are able to finally put on the show and we see the sets that we know from the Muppet show, it's like I said, it's, it's goosebumps. There's, there's tingly feelings because you're just so happy that it's, it's your childhood coming back. So those were my favorite scenes having to do with the, the design. Hmm. Absolutely. Brett, you mentioned something about the digital clarity and how it was filmed, but do you have other um, thoughts on production design that you wanted to mention? Oh, well, you know, being a fan of the Los Angeles area, it was fun thinking of, you know, where that, where such and such was shot and where such and such was shot, you know, and was the, when they go to the, when they go to the Muppet Studio, is that, you know, is that what's on Sunset? Is that the actual one? Because some of the architecture looks like, um, and oh, it was A&M Records, but before that it was the Charlie Chaplin Studio. So that studio has a long history, but uh, yeah, so it was fun to watch that and, you know, where are they right now and, you know, put the things together and that's not really where it is, but that's cool to watch. <laughs> anyway, I just enjoyed that, so it was like a visiting, visiting Los Angeles, greater Los Angeles area, which I enjoy anytime I can. So. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those fun films that uh, talks about filmmaking a little bit and kind of the behind the scenes of The Muppet Show and how that was brought to you. And even like Rashida Jones character and put like punching fun at uh, um, poking fun at reality TV throughout when she's talking about the telephone. It just those little nods too of like talking about the idea of filmmaking and bringing this to, it just helps feed in a already rich story there. And I like that, like you were saying that the scenic views of everything that you have with the Muppet theater and all the areas around LA that they go to, it's just great. Larry, your thoughts about, production design, sound, the Muppets in general. You mentioned your uh, really enjoyed the emotional um, high points of this film with the Muppets, but whatever you'd like to mention here that you really enjoyed in the film. Uh, well, I love that every, I love that every set was so differentiated from each other. So, you know, like you small town is beautiful and sunny and bright and everyone is is the same i mean everyone i say the same but everyone is also beautiful and sunny and bright but then you get to los angeles which you know you have the the grittiness of los angeles but you still have amy adams getting off the bus and being like luminescent and compared to any background she's with they made sure that she was this bright spot in whatever set they put her in, whatever setting it was. It, that was a lot of like Jason Siegel went from being in his, his matching suit with Walter to a, a more um, normal small town. Uh, it was the, the standard I'm from a small town, but I'm here visiting uniform checkered shirt, windbreaker, pants i mean he just they did a really good job with the uh with the the um the costuming um but I, again just differentiating everything from each other and and making again a amy adams just pop out from wherever she was she was it, it was just it was striking how she stood out from from her surroundings but also the self you craig you mentioned it the self-referential nature of the script um which could be too much in certain in, in, in other movies but for a muppet movie it's perfect and it was just the right amount of of moments of breaking the fourth wall um, one of the, the best moments is they went ahead and put it in, even though I guess at the, in the writer's room, um, they talking about Fozzie doing his fart shoes and all the right, everyone was like, no, we're not going to do that. So they went ahead and filmed it and had all the Muppets that were out there go, no, and just be like, and so they made fun of themselves for having this idea. But then later on the stupid joke works because they're walking up the aisle to leave and Fozzie's shoes are going <laughs> and Ralph's like Fozzie not now man and <laughs> it, and so it's it it ends up making the joke the joke work but then there's just the the one-offs like Gal Zach Galifianakis as Hobo Joe who's this who's Hobo Joe who cares Galifianakis is going to be funny we're gonna we're gonna have them bring a a, a barrel fire fire into a fifty five gallon drum that they that the hobos <laughs> that he brings with them can just sit around in the audience. It's and it's never mentioned. It's just shown, mm -hmm. and it's it's little moments like that in this movie that that I think for me is the the mortar between the bricks. Mm -hmm. You have this great script. You have great music. You have great acting. You have great characterizations. But it's those little, those little spaces where you catch in the the first song, the first song, uh, talking about highs and low. When they're like singing about highs and lows, there's an old hippie dude who sings the highs part, and you're like, oh well, I know what that's about. <laughs> I know what they're. I know what that joke what? is. Uh, yeah. Oh 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 oh. oh. We'll talk off oh, the air. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Vanessa said I had to be good, so I can't. Remember. 
but um yeah it's just again it's little moments like that that really that that are the the mortar between the the bricks for me absolutely and you know i think um it, it seems like we're getting to a point where I, I want to start talking about maybe some of those things that didn't quite gel with us a bit, because I think that uh, mine is an actor that they threw in as their celebrity guest. And to me, Jack Black is just too much in this film uh, because everything else is over the top. You don't need that celebrity actor to be over the top. And so something about his performance throughout the whole thing is just like he was on, I don't know, he was on like 13 and a half and he needed to just be at 12 or something. I don't know. Like it's, it, it, it's the most jarring part of the film to me. And I, I get the idea. I think it's funny that they're going to go and they're going to even use some of the help of the Muppets to kind of figure out how to go and uh, kidnap a celebrity to host this telethon. But I think you could have had so many opportunities for somebody else to be in that role that maybe had a bit more of a relationship to the Muppets. You know, I'm thinking like a Steve Martin, like that would have been a really cool get. Um, I also think, you know, at the time, Jason Siegel's in a very successful TV show with someone that we know documented and really loves the Disney company. Why don't you bring Neil Patrick Harris along in this and bring he him? He was in it. He was answering phones. I know, but like he was busy. Okay, he was trying to donate. He already had his gig. I get it. I get it. Well, but I'm just saying that. Am I the? Do I stand alone here? So this is my what? No, I think it's. I think you're correct. Oh my gosh, yes, I think you're correct. But I also am stunned because I'm like going to see um, to see Jack Black and Zach Galifianakis in the same film because I usually think they're the same person. (laughs) <laughs> so you know so it was weird i'm like going i thought you were already oh you're not oh oh they're both in this oh i'm i'm confused entirely or i'm like going well, he playing two parts what is this i don't get it yeah no literally when he was when he was you know bum in the audience i'm like going well isn't he on stage oh no that's right because i get them too i get the two confused brett and i are going anyway. to have to have a, an off-air conversation about the subtle nuances between zach galifianakis <laughs> <laughs> there are subtle nuances well yes there yes. are yes there are. one is there there are okay we'll i look forward to that talk thank you yes <laughs> you know what i'm gonna have you on my show and i'm gonna oh, convince no. you <laughs> we're gonna have gonna, we're gonna talk about this. that they're, that they're how, both okay. uh, worthy i'm actors so excited for that I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you how excited well, I am, start, as, voice, I, I will, as you can tell i will promise no more than six minutes of that conversation okay well thank you <laughs> yeah good because if um, i have to watch the canon of both of their works i'm like going oh gosh. oh god no 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 i can do it for you um <laughs> oh, thank you okay craig I, I i while i agree with you i don't agree with you and okay. I'm sorry if I'm jumping in, but before I, I just wanted to, to get this because I think Jack Black did exactly what the script called for. I was taken out of it because I know that Jack Black would jump at the opportunity to do anything with the Muppets. So the fact that he was playing himself as a smarmy, um, a smarmy Hollywood guy mm-hmm. as opposed to who, how, you know, Jack Black is actually just a really cool, humble, fun guy who would jump at that's what it was the characterization of him playing himself that threw me out of it. So maybe uh, going back and kind of dream casting this role, maybe more like a John Hamm who comes off as someone that uh, through you know, Don Draper being the act, the character he's most known for, he kind of comes off as that potentially more like smarmy Hollywood guy. That's just like a really good looking actor dude. Right. Is is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, Jack Black is, if, if you see anything of his on social media, he is a whimsical dude. He is all about whimsy and fun and kindness and being cool and just get it. So, you know, you, you look at that and you're like the real Jack Black, not this movie, Jack Black, the real Jack Black would have been like, absolutely. I will get also these people to come and hang out with the Muppets. And we're all going to have a good time hanging out with Kermit and the gang. And so to have him all 
be, like I said, just being a smarmy Hollywood spoiled brat, which is, I know the joke. I know that was the joke, but that was like the one, I think he did a perfect job with the script he was given. I just didn't buy him as being a, a jerk. Gotcha. Vanessa? What? Good catch there, Larry. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> Self-censoring is great here. Uh, okay, so like I'll, I'm supposed to like break a tie or something, but um, I actually thought knowing Jack Black from social media, from TikTok, I'm like, man, that guy could have done so much more than just be tied to a chair. He could have been totally outrageous. And I just wondered what those scenes would have been like had he been able to you know be unleashed but that's not the that's not what the movie's about it's about the muppets so uh i understand the restraint but i you know i don't know i thought he was fine but none of us mentioned him really in the first round of what we liked him in this film so maybe that's saying something too as Mm -hmm. him being a memorable character but uh if i could talk about something that i didn't like in this yes you can all right i love kermit the frog and I very much enjoy Miss Piggy, but there is a line that Kermit says to her that I was like, oh, how dare he? So he, he says, you know, Piggy, why do you have to be so dramatic and make me do things to hurt you? It's something like that. I was like, Kermit the Frog, that is not taking ownership of your actions. That is so wrong. You need counseling. Go see a therapist. That's a bad thing to say. Um, other than that, though, the, the film was delightful, but I watched this movie a couple different times and it, it caught my ear the first time I thought, no, he didn't say that. He did. Did he say that? And then the second time I was like, oh, he did say that. That's so wrong. So I, I have some empathy for Miss Piggy and I don't think she's quite, you know, the villain of their relationship that people say she is. Hmm food for mm-hmm. thought yeah i think we'll uh yeah our hmm i can see uh, no one we'll... me and that we're all on team kermit well whatever team no we're not no okay no. great thank I, you no thank you, i'm Brett. not a, uh no i i've kind of been in miss piggy's side all along you know so i have Brett's to. more team janice but but brett what what I is am. it that didn't work for you and this it didn't script? work oh well or okay. in this film i should say it doesn't well, necessarily have to be the writing well, I let's see what didn't work. Okay, it's and this is going to go to my kind of final thoughts too. But it's it was sad that the Muppets had to be characterized as has-beens in terms of Hollywood. Okay, we know it's true, and you know it had been twelve years since their last film outing and all that. But but rounding up the gang was inherently sad. You know, when they were rounding up the gang and they were all, you know, doing bad things or sad things, or they were not, I mean, Miss Piggy's the only one who was having a quote unquote successful career in I don't Paris. Know, Rolf was in a hammock. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, he was having a good, well, okay. So that was a little Rolf. judgy, Wait, but I'm Rolf? like going. Am I wrong? No, it was Rolf. Yeah, okay. it was absolutely Rolf. You know, and, and it just is. I'm like going, these, I mean, these are iconic characters and it's sad that in order to make this story believable, you had to put them in a kind of sad place. And, you know, this was the big comeback. I'm going to get emotional here, so we better move on to someone else. Oh, was there one other thing? Oh, no, there was one other thing. And I guess we, this is, this should be in the worked category. That there were, I thought there were glimmers of hope thanks to Jason Siegel and Nicholas Stoll's writing. They were able to capture, in the closest sense, the original Muppet language, energy, and rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you know I, and I'm I, like, I, and that's what's missing in all of the new Muppet work is is that tone that they had, you know? Yes. I'm, I don't, I don't want to say I'm a, I'm, I guess I sound like a purist, but I'm like going, uh, it used to be funny and now it's not always funny. Oops. Sorry. I'm being really kind of judgy. Sorry, Brian and everyone. <laughs> you're right though, because, because the, they came to the film with such appreciation. And I feel like with, especially some of these specials or TV series that it's almost like, they're trying to be funny, which trying. never really works. No, it's no. not. It's not that, you know, I mean, the, the films, the originally the TV series was done in England and it sort of had this English 
sensibility and this comedy that was both adult and, you know, on all sorts of levels. And that has been missing for a number of years. But I think I'm getting to the end of my, you know, feelings. So I better move back to where we're, we're going next. So That's yeah, okay. back to you, Craig. I will just say that, Larry, you um, get the floor here for anything that didn't work for you. And then we'll go right back to you for your final thoughts as well about the film. Well, I think, you know, when I jumped in, uh, talk about Jack Black's characterization. Um, I think that that didn't, I'm, I, you know, I didn't even think about it, Brett, but you're, it was hard to see them as, as the has-beens. However, I will say that they had to, to do that because the, to keep the hopeful tone, to keep that, Hey, you know what, even if you're, you're, you're down and you're out and you're kicked in the teeth, as long as you have hope and you have, you have someone beside you, um, things aren't that bad. Everything, right. even if it was even, a plot device that was very painful to watch. Sure. I get it. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll be as a, a stand-up comic who has played many questionable uh, gigs and <laughs> taken questionable jobs and will, I'm sure have to do it again and again and again um when uh they find fozzy in the the uh the old casino the cruddy old casino and he's having to sing the song about the casino i was like oh oh because oh, i have had those nightmare gigs where they're like okay great but it's sometime in the middle of your set could you mention the steak special <laughs> no i could do it at the beginning or the end yeah. I'd rather not do it either time but fine let me find the correct segue for that yeah let's let me, just you know let me transition from these jokes about my kids to you buying week old steak let's yes. do that oh. um oh, yeah but yeah i i i when you were talking, I was like, "Yeah, that was a bummer," but at the same time, it was what it, you're, it was a it was a necessary plot device that still ripped your heart out. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my my final thoughts on the movie. Gosh, I it is one of those movies that for me, and I would understand if somebody else didn't dig the movie, but for me, it is um, it is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. You have just the right amount of everything. Um, you know, there could be a little bit more with the the Muppets as opposed to some of the human actors. Um, but I also you had to have the human actors to get those get people in seats. And you didn't tickets. used to. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but but um this is one of those that now that i've one got disney plus and two have went oh this is on disney plus i can watch this anytime i want it it will be um i'm sure in regular rotation when when the skies are gray and i'm feeling gloomy and just uh watch walter and gary uh dance their way into uh into los angeles and make everything right again Absolutely. You know, you mentioned about them using that plot device and just ripping your heart out. And and I'll tell you that I didn't know for sure the first viewing of this, um, how Rainbow Connection would play into this. And of course, they they make the may make fun of it with the Muppet singing it. But it is like you've got this movie where you have this real tension between Kermit and Piggy that is just not resolved throughout the film. And then it comes to the finale of the telethon and Kermit just looks at her and goes, Piggy, it's time for our song. And then you're just like, Oh my God, like how is this funny movie, but Muppets that is just like, these people are just dancing in the streets. How is this making me emotional? But uh, every time, every time I see that it's coming up, it's just such a great way to incorporate rainbow connection and and bringing all the Muppets into it. And such a beautiful rendition of that song. And just, again, I think it's the music that really puts it and elevates this film. (laughs) over the top for me right yeah. yeah uh brett do you have any final thoughts uh, i know you kind of mentioned them already and then we'll end with vanessa <laughs> well really i mean honestly 
upon, you know, another viewing, you know, watching this for the research for this podcast, I'm again, basically, it makes me sad. This movie makes me sad um, because it, it it's about what might have been and then didn't happen. As iconic as the Muppets are, no one knows what to do with them to ignite the fireworks and the special magic, you know, that was the Muppets. So I'm thinking that maybe they could sacrifice Gonzo live on TV, you know, like in real time, as this Muppet sacrifice to the gods of Hollywood to give them good writing, a good project, good marketing, and get them back where they should be. In fact, I'm thinking Gonzo would probably love that. That's just what I'm thinking. Gonzo. Gonzo is Gonzo? Come on. No. Gonzo, yeah, get rid of him. You know, I'm like going, sacrifice him. I think he'd be okay. But he's Charles you know? Dickens. But he, and he's our connection point to Sesame Street. I mean, like, he's the one that walks between both worlds. Oh, and, please. and talk you know, about sacrifice. A- thinking of the greater good here. We're thinking Muppets must continue and get back to, you know, whatever. They don't have to go back. They just have to move forward. This All took right. a darker a turn way. than I expected it <laughs> this to. Did. Really? This did. For me? Larry. Um, but I, had no, you, I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, it just makes me sad. This film makes me sad. Oh, well, well Vanessa, make us let happy. me enter this conversation to bring it back up. Okay, <laughs> I thought this was a delightful movie, and I'm so sorry, Jason Siegel, that we couldn't make it work out between us because clearly we both love Muppets. I will say, <laughs> if there is a victim in this, it is Reno because who the heck would like to go visit Reno after seeing? <laughs> I don't want to go see the Muppets. That looked terrifying. I'll probably get. I don't know. What are those bugs that you find in your hotel suite? That's what I'm going to get. So don't go to Reno, but watch this movie. It's delightful. Absolutely. I, to I don't almost think everyone. Can, <laughs> I don't think that we can end it uh, much better than that, other than pitching it over to Larry Smith to tell you why you should be listening to, to convince us to listen to Convince Me with Larry Smith. Well, uh, you know, I talked about it at the beginning, the premise, but here's the the whole idea is that I, on my show, understand that we all don't like or dislike the same things. And that's what makes us all interesting to each other. And I celebrate those differences on my show. There's no judgment. There's no ire. There's no anger. I've even had people tell me they didn't like Lord of the Rings. And I went, okay. Let's get into that. And I mean, obviously, by the look of me, I obviously love Lord of the Rings. Um, So (laughs) to have someone say that, I was like, okay, you're going to stay. You're going to stay very calm now. But yeah, it's all about just celebrating differences and and getting to know people and and letting them talk about the things that they really, truly love. And 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 uh, to that uh, degree, I, I want you to just answer one word, pro or anti. How do you feel about a turkey leg? One word. Are you pro turkey leg or anti turkey leg? Uh, yummy. A uh, Yummy. Okay. Now, can you tell me where to find Convince Me of Larry Smith? Uh, it is anywhere where you get freshly squeezed podcast juices. Um, you can... Uh, check it out on my uh, on my feed. You can just Google "Convince Me It's Larry Smith" and you'll find it on the interwebs. You it is on iTunes. It is pretty much anywhere. Like I said, you uh, get your fresh squeeze podcast juices. Um, I don't know if we resolved our Spotify issue yet um, because we've been fighting with them for a year. But um, other than that, just just Google it um, and uh, it'll be there, whether you like it or not. <laughs> absolutely and if you are fans of larry and you're listening to us for the first time we have all sorts of zany disney fun all of the time here on beyond the mouse you can find us by searching for beyond the mouse on any podcast app that you would like uh, we are of course part of the front row network along with larry so you can find us on nprillinois.org as well and by following the front row network do you want to promote our social media you can of course find us on instagram beyond the mouse pod and uh beyond mouse on twitter but I really like promoting people to go to our Facebook page and Facebook group in particular. So you can find Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals on Facebook. And that's where we have just a lot of cool discussions uh, as we go along with different things in the parks and different films that are coming out and all of that. We can't wait to continue to bring excellent content to you and Disney content to you every single Friday. It just makes our little hearts so happy. Any final thoughts? 
I'll go to Brett first thought. in case he's a downer again. So no, we can no, no. I'm like going. No one has said maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh, and I'm like going. Maniacal it makes laugh, me laugh every single time. I'm like laugh. going. Every it's it's time how he delivers yes. it too. It's perfect. No, maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. I just love that. So anyway, so I will ma- maniacally laugh my way out of. Can here. I? Can I tell you? My mom walked in when I was watching this, and she goes. Oh, he's in this movie. You know, he's a very serious actor. Look at him dancing <laughs> around. <laughs> Loved him. So good. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I don't know how much I, I believe IMDb trivia sometimes, but they say that Alan Rickman was up for the role. Um, and of course, his passing was about around this time, wasn't it? Or am I am I dating it a little earlier than that? But still, he also would have been quite. Awesome with this role because he's one that just steals the scene as long as soon as he walks into the set. So, anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Maybe we can dreamcast our own Muppets movie at some point. But I am so excited to continue to bring you all different types of Disney content all summer long. So, for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. I'm Brett. I'm Larry. And we will see you real soon. I should have said I'm a net. Guys, I have one final thing. Yeah. Menomina. 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 I'd like to point out that our three of the four of us are musical theater people. One of us is not, but only one of us came in when we were supposed to. So oh, let's well. work it, people. Over again. <laughs> we love you, Larry. Yeah. So great. So great. <laughs>